Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Back over the lover, always hiding beneath the covers till I talk to you, my daddy say. Said you ain't seen nothing till you down low. All right, gang, welcome in. Patrick Johnson show. Uh, Daniel Shepard, pirate analysis with uh, some developments regarding ECU football in just moments. We'll also hear from uh, Belichick on Cam, Linville Joseph. Talk about a pirate in the pro. A pirate in the pros. One of the best. He is. He he and Dwayne uh, have had his, Dwayne Harris have had as much longevity as anybody. I don't want to shortchange our guy Robert Jones, friend of the show. Pro bowlers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's Ben Byram over there. Hey, Ben. And uh, we've got. Breaking get, news. Look at that. What a hype man. Repping the 704. Uh, intern Ron announcing breaking news there is the hype man. His highly successful Monday radio show, by the way, which uh, takes from our audience, I'm sure. Uh, the American announcing that it will postpone competition and conference championships for men's and women's soccer. So that impacts ECU with women's soccer, does not with men's soccer, obviously. And volleyball until the spring of 2021. They cite the reason for doing this is to align with the NCAA championship se- uh, season. A decision regarding cross-country competition will be forthcoming, pending clarification from the NCAA. That would impact uh, our good friend of the show, Coach Kraft. Kirk Kraft, who we love. Uh, long, uh, longest tenured coach, I believe, now in ECU athletics. Uh, so we'll see what happens with cross-country. But everything else, uh, just minutes ago, getting moved back to the spring, at least as far as ECU goes. Uh, women's soccer and volleyball, all that competition now moved to the spring. Uh, nothing about football in there, obviously, as uh, it looks like that's going to be the case we're going to play. Speaking of football, some developments within the last hour. Uh, that leads off today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Uh, as we uh, enter the uh, program today and the Pirate Report underway, uh, we have from PirateAnalysis.com, Daniel Shepard. And Ben, you look like you've grown a little bit, but to Dan- next to Daniel, you do not. Daniel is the uh, the gentle journalism giant. He's a giant for sure. He, well, compared to me, most He's most the real center. Are. I had no business yeah. being a center. <laughs> well, it's great to have uh, Daniel in the uh, studio with us here. Uh, and uh, Pirate Analysis and others now reporting uh, from about an hour or so ago that uh, the Pirates were supposed to take the practice field today. They did not. What's the latest on that? Uh, it sounded like they um, had, had tests yesterday, had another round of COVID-19 testing. Um, if that went well, it sounded like they were going to get back on the field or practice field in some capacity today, whether that be uh, workouts or, or full practice. But it sounds like they will not be doing that. Uh, today is scheduled. So... So are your sources telling you that those test results came back in a obviously not with the numbers they'd wanted 
or are those test results just delayed? Any any reason why this has happened? Have you heard it at this point? Uh, it sounds like um, the testing may not have uh, come back or yielded the results they were looking for. Um, nothing confirmed on that. It's just, just what I'm hearing, but um, they did not practice like they were scheduled to today. All right, we've got uh, with us here from PirateAnalysis.com, uh, Daniel Shepard uh, is in the uh, studio with us. So are you hearing then that they there's a possibility they're going to be back on the field tomorrow, or is this, uh, or, or again, these weren't good results? Um, I think that, that um, the, the plan all along was to test on Monday, mm-hmm. and if, if the results came back good, then they were going to get back on the field um, full-fledged Monday or, thir- or Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. So I think today was kind of a scheduled, like, ease-back-in period. And I don't think that happened today. I think um, later this week they'll be back on the field. So certainly by the end of the uh, week, we're expecting the Pirates to be back on the field. All right, uh, PirateAnalysis.com. we got Daniel Shepard with us here. A couple of stories that you've worked on on the uh, website, uh, one on uh, Travion Freshwater. He's one of those guys that a little earlier in camp uh, missed because of a medical reason. If you read between the lines, he might have uh, had to sit out because of the COVID protocols. Uh, because uh, when he's been out there, he has uh, lived up to his to his name of beast, from what we understand. Uh, a lot of that was talked about with Blake Harrell uh, here, but uh, you wrote about it too, and tell us a little bit about that article. Um, he, he's part of that deep um, defensive line group that uh, the Pirates have uh, this year. He had the red shirt last year. He's going to be coming back as a red shirt freshman. Um, looking like they're wanting to use him as an as an edge rusher, pass rusher. Um, he's obviously very versatile. A uh, young man, a great athlete. Um, he played some linebacker and also uh, played running back in high school. Yeah. But um, it, it looks like they're wanting to use him as, as a pass rusher uh, this year um, uh, to get after the quarterback. You know, Blake Carroll's going to be pretty aggressive this year from everything we've heard, and I think um, Freshwater is going to be a guy that, that uh, helps out with that. You know, a lot of what uh, they've talked about is they've used the period in July and maybe early August as kind of spring ball, especially when it was confirmed that the game was moved back mm-hmm. uh, to the uh, 12th with uh, Marshall. And uh, it'll be more of a normal preseason camp type of pace uh, from here on in whenever they return back to the field. Um, you know, defensively, it seems like, I know Coach Harold told us that, you know, as far as, as, far as installing new things and, and what have you, they're, you know, they're just working right now on the basics and the fundamentals of all that. In other words, there's not going to be a whole lot more uh, install here. I just, you know, I'm kind of wondering out loud here how much this period of time uh, off could be, you know, uh, something that's, that's a negative. Maybe it won't be enough time off and then they can get back and have enough, you know, dates before they start back to uh, – to, to prepare for Marshall, but uh, you know this is a defense that had some work to do out of the second scrimmage, and uh, you just wonder if this extended time off in a way could impact some of that. But it seems like defensively, the personnel are matching up with what Blake Harrell wants to do. Yeah, um, you know he's already shifted some guys around different positions. We've talked about Jerry Wilson, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, Mike Houston has talked about. Using the first, uh, using the last two weeks before Marshall to get ready for Marshall uh, game plan for them. Uh, some of that has already gone on, like you said, um, but it sounds like two weeks out they're really going to lock in on that, and I think that that's going to line up uh, pretty well with when they do get back on the practice field. But um, yeah, as far as as the personnel goes, um, I think they really use this recruiting class to get some of the guys that Harold wanted mm-hmm. in there, and that's going to uh, compliment what he does on defense this year in his first year here. What are your thoughts on uh, this? I mean, essentially, 
beginning tomorrow, the bubble starts. I mean, now there's a true athletics bubble uh, at, at ECU and uh, one at UNC, Chapel Hill. There's going to be one at NC State uh, as, as well. I, I, I guess from the standpoint of if you want to see pirate football, in a way going all virtual may be the, the best thing towards that happening. Um, is, is that the feeling kind of when you talk to people, you're hearing the same thing from them? Yeah, Um I know a lot of a lot of student athletes were um, already online in a lot of a lot of ways uh, even before um, they shut down undergraduate classes. Um, but yeah, it sounds like they're going to try to isolate those student athletes as much on campus uh, as they can uh, in dorm rooms. Um, I was listening to um, a, a housing uh, interview they had with the, with the housing the vice chancellor of housing mm-hmm. and. He said that they were going to get all the student athletes together into one dorm and isolate them that way. Okay. So, um, yeah, that, I think that's the only way that you can have a true bubble is to have only them on campus. Obviously, um, it sounds like um, that, that's that's the best way to keep everybody healthy and keep a football season going here. We've got uh, Daniel Shepard, PirateAnalysis dot com, with us. A couple of uh, you know sort of uh, things Daniel's broken with us here. Uh, and reported on uh, Pirates were supposed to re- try to return to the practice field today uh, for whatever reason due to COVID test re- testing on Monday have not. We don't know if that means uh, the results were not where they needed to be. We're, we're working that uh, angle, and Daniel is as well. But also we're waiting to see if uh, there's any sort of uh, uh, just a slow return on the test. I can't imagine that's the case at this point. So that could be very much what it is. But uh, the expectation is that ECU will be back practicing uh, as uh, we've all reported uh, later in the week, pending the outcome and the result of, of those tests. And you're saying that the intent is to try to get the student-athletes, particularly football, into one dorm. Yep, that's what it sounds like at this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, before we let you go, talk a little bit about the offense. Uh, obviously, uh, Mike Houston wants to run the football. Right. Uh, he's got, a, uh, a, I think, a more competitive and deeper running back room. But, you know, they have Holt Nailers who is uh, starting to show up in a lot of uh, the radars of people in the preseason, uh, getting a lot of national recognition. They've got a very good receiving core. I mean, it seems like they have with C.J. Uh, Johnson. They've got a, a, a star in the making, but also a, a viable number one receiving option with some pretty good uh, uh, secondary and, and what-have-you options with uh, with Prohl and, and others. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to me to see how the offense, you know, with with everything, all the gaps and time off, it's probably a little easier to try to run the football because you know that the passing relies so much on on timing and all that. But I mean, I, I don't think these guys have missed a beat. It seems like in the scrimmages throwing the foot, especially the second scrimmage throwing the football. Right. Um, you know, Holton and CJ have been working even before organized um, practices and scrimmages. They had been working out on their own uh, just because they they're kind of local guys. But um. Yeah, as far as running the football, uh, some of those transfers they got in along the offensive line, I think they'll help out there. Um, Avery Jones, uh, Justin Chase. Um, and, and the running back room is, is, like you said, it's deeper than ever. It's deeper than it was last year. Um, you've got uh, Chase Hayden from Arkansas. I think he's going to be – he's going to have a shot at, at a, lot of, a lot of touches this year, but you've also got a lot of younger guys that keep that room uh, deep and keep that room going, uh, will keep that room going for years. And now with the NCAA extending um, their eligibility rules, um, you know, all these deep positions the pirate ha- Pirates have, you get to keep those around for another year. So um, the current core that they have with the receivers, with Holton, uh, you now get to keep that around for three years instead of two. 
because uh, this year will not count against eligibility. So I think that's that bodes well for um, keeping the Pirates on the right track for uh, a few more years. Do you think, um, you know, I, I, we, we got to talk to Mike Houston about this, uh, but I mean, I, I can't imagine that's that doesn't change your recruiting strategy in a way. I mean, I, you always want to have quarterbacks, but I got to imagine that that changes things a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that changes the number, um, just the sheer number of guys you recruit because they already have six scholarship quarterbacks on the roster right now. Um, so in a way, they're already set there for, for years to come. you got Mason Garcia, uh, who by all accounts is going to be, you know, kind of the, the heir to Holton. I think we all can all um, say that. But uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely going to change the way you, you look at recruiting just, just from the fact of how aggressive you don't have to be now in um, finding those guys for future classes. PirateAnalysis.com's uh, Daniel Shepard. Daniel, thanks for coming to the studio with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. All right, uh, there he goes. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate that. So uh, Pirate Analysis reporting that the hope was to get back on the field today for whatever reason related to testing, be it numbers or be it uh, results, Pirates did not. And uh, that there's a, a movement to try to get athletes into a dorm, according to the ECU housing. They're setting up a bubble there. That, well, they are. And, I mean, what, what good does it do if you're not? Now, even more interesting now is the American making the decision to move men's and women's soccer and volleyball to the spring. What will that mean for uh, the ECU women's soccer and the volleyball team? Uh, a lot of questions, as there always are, and uh, it does ne- it never fails, does it, Benjamin? Uh, it is a always breaking news. Always something, right before we go on. So you, somebody was saying today to me, uh, do you? Because sometimes we the, we'll peel back the curtain here a little bit. You you have to tape interviews sometimes with people. Yep. Because that's the only time you can get a guest sometimes. Yeah. And uh, but you can't really tape a show. You know, you yeah, you can't do that. Too much live, live broadcasting happening. Too much live news happening. Uh, do you want to hear from Linville Joseph? Let's do it. After the break, we will. Patrick ah. Johnson show. I'm way too excited about hotels. I've never seen it. It's fun. You go in, you take a fresh hot shower after a long <laughs> flight or long trip. I don't know what kind of hotels you're staying in, but. Maybe this is the cheap hotels I would stay in. It seemed like the shower was all that good. A few years ago, I went to North Charleston to do the uh, CAA tournament for national radio. And uh, we stayed in a very nice hotel, like a brand new hotel. And that was the greatest shower. I could have lived in that shower. That's how it was big. And it, the water stayed hot. It was great. It was like a resort style. It was a resort style deal. And I, now that I agree with you with. Big baller P-man here. Yes. How how the mighty have have continued on, I guess. Have continued on. Uh, you just got to roll up the punches, baby. Thanks to uh, PirateAnalysis.com's Daniel Shepard for being with us. Uh, Brandon Sneed is coming up, a uh, noted author. He has written a book on Lincoln Riley, and uh, we'll get to him a little uh, closer to the bottom of the hour uh, and uh, maybe even give away a uh, a copy or two of that book. Uh, today we'll we'll give some away throughout the week. Uh, let's see here, Linville Joseph. Well, I, I tell you what, I want to go with here. Um, well, Linville Joseph stuff's not that long, 
But I, I don't mean to heck on our guy, Adam Gold. Adam had me on a show yesterday. We like Adam, noon to three. He seems like a decent, nice uh, guy. Adam's a nice guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a very competent, professional broadcast host. And he's got the statewide show. And, I mean, I've ho- that's a hard show to do. It's not an easy show to do. Gee, you're firing shots today, ain't No, you? I'm not. I'm not firing shots. Where are you getting this from? The P-Man wants to start beefs. No, I do not want to start beef. I, I flipped it on Gold today around the beginning of a show right here on 94.3 The Game. And he was talking about, uh, you know, the NBA players making statements about kind of the most recent police shooting. And, and I agree with Adam on the standpoint that if they, they have every right to, to express their thoughts on that. They have every right. We're in America. They have every, but also if you don't want to hear that stuff, you just want to watch the games, you have every right not to watch it and be critical of it as long as you're being critical honestly and intellectually you're not being critical of what they're saying that's also a part of freedom of speech exactly so i hear gold make that point but then i hear him turn around and just slam nick saban because saban said the following we got the one minute clip here play it why is that so important to people they love sports people identify with competition uh a lot of the principles and values that make you a good player you know in sports whether it's uh, pride in performance personal discipline uh, your ability to sustain effort and toughness and persevere overcome adversity Um, now is it more important than public safety no I don't think so Uh, is there a way that we can do that and keep people safe I think a lot of people are trying to do that Uh, and if we can do that I think you know, we can play. It's not about everybody acts like, you know, we want to play for the money. We want to play for the players. I want to play for the players. We have a lot of guys on our team that can create a lot of value for themselves by playing this season. Uh, And uh, we can create a lot of value, and these guys have worked very hard to try to create and accomplish something as a team. But this is really about providing an opportunity for the players if we can do it in a safe way. So there's a criticism today on the Gold Show about uh, Saban saying that what he said the last 30 seconds there, making it sound like that those that have canceled the season in the Big Ten or in the Pac-12 don't care about their players at the same level that Nick Saban does. No, I didn't hear that at all there. What I hear from Saban is that the kids want to play. We're doing everything in our power to make sure that they play because when they go somewhere like Alabama or anywhere, they're trying to, like any person that goes to college, prepare for what uh, they hope will be their vocation when they leave college. They got legitimate and realistic pro aspirations. At Alabama, Alabama, they do, but yeah. I, you know it can be argued any kid that goes to play college football, by and large, oh, for sure. has that because if you get into the right situation, you develop, you have some of those uh, measurables that add up in uh, you know the preseason stuff and the workouts they put you through, you can wind up. Some of these environments these kids come from, they can't afford to go back home. And deal with what's going on at well, home. Well, the, the thing I would say about the back home thing is, are they going to go back home? Yeah. You know, if they're, I, I'm pretty sure the, if the campus at Minnesota, for example, goes all virtual, they're going to keep athletes on campus. Yeah. So they're not going to go back home. Per se. But there's students that are, are probably now having, that we're living in a dorm, that are now having to go back to possibly a, a less than advantageous situation. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying there. Uh, let's. So I, I I just I find it 
funny that we're going to take Nick Saban's words out of context. Because if you ask the players, Ron, do you have any athletes in any of your classes? Do you? Do you? Um, I currently don't, but I have previously in the past. Okay, but they. So I think it's fair to say they want to play, right, Ben? When you say that, to, that if you ask these student athletes, ECU, other, they want they would rather play than not play this year. With all the work they put in, of course they want to play. Yeah. They don't want to think they did it for nothing. But uh, anyway. All right, let's play some Linville Joseph. Uh, great video that the Chargers put out where his teammates were talking about uh, Linville Joseph. I don't know how they made a Zoom press conference HD, but it was it was looking nice. Well, it is L.A. It is Los Angeles. They got that, 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 that money there. They got that, the, well, they got the NFL money. Big baller money. Yeah, they got the NFL money. That was a pretty, uh, a pretty sweet press conference today. Uh, let's get uh, cut two here. Linville talking about training camp. Yeah, man, it's like being a rookie all over again, you know, just trying to figure out everything. Like you said, within typical offseason. So first time being inside the building was for my physical. So just trying to figure out where everything was at. Next day was the first day of work. Had to try to find a training room. And as every day just got a little bit better, you know what I mean? So it's been it's been pretty, been pretty good. Good group of guys, good team. Everybody want to work hard and everybody have the same goal. Uh, let's uh, hear from Linville Joseph here on uh, the uh, Charger defense. Man, we have a, a good group of guys. Everybody's young. Everybody's excited. Everybody's hungry. And once you can put match all those things up together and bring a couple guys in that have a little bit of experience on winning and know what it takes, and if they listen, we can, we can go really, really far. Uh, and then he talked about the uh, Chargers offensive line been great we have a good offensive line i mean i think three or four of the guys have been to the pro bowl multiple times so we have experience there and just as leaders they're trying to help everybody to be on the same page which i like to see that so going against them working against them trying to get them better just as the same they're trying to get me better it's been great and then linville joseph describes his playing ability to those who may not uh may not know of his playing ability consider myself a a playmaker, you know, I'm, I'm trying to come out here, do my job, make plays, teach everybody how to make plays and how to do it the right way. So right now I'm just trying to lead and help this team make it to the top. We need to get Big E on. I think he could speak to this and maybe you and I can uh, speak to this a little bit. Um, but we actually were talking about it a little bit. And that is when you look at uh, the greatest ECU players in the uh, pros, I think Linville Joseph is right up there, don't you? I, mean, I think he has to be. So we'll do a Twitter on that. Not right now, but we need to research this a little because it's it's more than a yes or no question. So we'll research that. Speaking of Twitter, we had our results from yesterday's uh, Twitter poll. What did we? Uh, what did those yield, Ben? From yes, we had two dueling questions yesterday, and it wrapped up right before the. Uh, the show here. So what did that yield yesterday? Okay, so we asked who was the more notable and recognizable ECU alum. Vince McMahon or Sandra Bullock? Vince McMahon won with 56.9% of the votes, while Sandra Bullock had 43.1%. Do you agree with that? I, I think Sandra Bullock, for sure. That's Bird right. You Box, voted for yeah. Sandy. Bird I Box, think she, uh, when you think more of a household name, it's got to be Sandra Bullock. Right. America's sweetheart. I could, I could see that. But I think with our audience, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who celebrated his birthday yesterday, would be maybe a little more notable. Yeah, yeah. Or Ryan, he brought up a good point. The gifts and memes out there of him. There's a younger generation that's being introduced to Vince McMahon. That was a very intelligent thing Ryan yeah. said. His weekend winner, weekend worse was a little rambly, I thought. But that's that's yeah. okay. We'll yeah. get him we'll get him. Hey, it's better than mine with combat sports. 
Anything's better than that. What was the other Twitter poll? If you were starting a team from scratch, who would you rather take, Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson? Luka Doncic got the majority of the votes with 92.9%, while Zion Williamson, the hometown guy or the the, the, the in-state guy, had 7.1%. All right. I Surprising? Surprising? I don't think uh, Luka has as big a night tonight. I think the Clippers... It's some, hard to follow up the night junk. he had. Well, that's yeah. Clippers throw some junk in. Uh, we've got Brandon Sneed in the house, so we're going to get him in the studio here and talk with him. Uh, a new book out today on Lincoln Riley, Sooner. Uh, and we'll uh, reintroduce everybody to Brandon. He's been on the radio with us a, a couple of times. And uh, has. I would say this, ever since like his initial appearance here, he's he's blown up. Blown up in the world of, uh, uh, in the world of books and uh, articles. So... Uh, we'll talk with him uh, and catch up with him and uh, and talk about the Lincoln Riley uh, book that is out today sooner. Uh, what do you got for us, Ben Byram, as far as an update goes? Plenty of going on, Patrick. Ben Byram here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. Moments ago, the American Athletic Conference announced that it would postpone all competition and conference championships for men's and women's soccer, as well as women's volleyball until the spring of 2021. The conference claims that a decision regarding cross-country will be made in the coming days. For college football, we hear more from the American as Cincinnati extends head football coach Luke Fickle's contract through 2026. Fickle will get a $3.4 million salary increase annually. Future Pirate opponent Marshall announced earlier today that they will allow spectators for the upcoming football season based on recommendations from local and state officials. They claim capacity will be reduced and that season ticket holders will be relocated throughout the stadium. Reports claim that NC State's opener against Virginia Tech could be moved to September 26th due to the Wolfpack's recent struggles with COVID-19 cases. Meanwhile, Texas Tech reports 21 active cases amongst their football program, but announced that they would continue to practice with those infected and quarantined. In the NFL, the Cardinals make it official with safety Buda Baker, making him the highest paid safety in NFL history. The Cardinals signed Baker to a four-year contract worth $59 million. And in the NBA, reports indicate that the Raptors may boycott their Game 1 playoff series against Boston to discuss what could be done about the recent Jacob Blake police shooting in Wisconsin. The Raptors have already canceled today's practice to discuss the issue. Meanwhile, Chris Stapp's Porzingis was ruled out for Game 5 against the Clippers due to a knee injury. If you're 94 through the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Byron. More from the P-Man after this quick timeout. Stay tuned for more of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Pitt County's home for sports. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hey, we uh, are back. Uh, Great to have... uh, Brandon Sneed in the studio with us here. Not only do we have an author with a book that comes out today on the show, but we have him in studio. Uh, Greenville resident Brandon Sneed is uh, with us here. Brandon years ago wrote uh, one of the uh, most interesting and I think sweetest uh, articles I'd I'd read on Marvin Jarman. Uh, That was such an awesome article. Great to see you, man. You doing all right? Yeah, doing great. Great to have you on. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, That was such a great article. Thank you. Yeah, still one of my favorites. Yeah, and I'm sure you still get comments on it. I do. Yeah, Yeah. I do. I mean, Marvin, you can't not love Marvin. Right. Yeah, that was awesome. I saw a picture today. uh, Our buddy Clay Medlin had a Marvin Jarman mask. 
Oh no way! Yes. So yeah. we got. I got to get a Marvin Jarman mask. I think, I think everybody needs a Marvin <laughs> Jarman mask. To make the world a better place. And then uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, the book today that's out is called entitled "Sooner," and it's basically about Lincoln Riley, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, you, you were, I was asking you in the break there, how did this all kind of come about? And, and you had done an article on him. And I kind of remember this once you mentioned it for Bleacher Report a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was back in 2017, right after uh, Oklahoma named him their head coach. Went out there, spent about not quite a week, give or take a week, I don't know, in Norman, just around him and um, the team and wrote something about him. And then, yeah, I mean, just had a bunch of extra stuff from that, from talking to him and his family. And, um, you know, towards the end of last year, just, uh, I mean, I love writing books. And, um my agent encouraged me to take a look at this as a possible book. And um, I had mentioned it to Lincoln back then, actually, just kind of in passing. Yeah, you know, your story could be a book, man. I mean, he just kind of laughed it off because he's like, no, nah, I'm too young. Like, I'm too yeah. young for that. I was like, well, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, it was a great story that I just, uh, I just found really inspirational and moving. And just, just, it's like a good movie. Yeah. yeah. The name of the book is uh, Sooner. It is uh, by Brandon Sneed. BrandonSneed.com slash Sooner. Uh, is uh, the uh, website where you can presumably uh, order the book. And uh, there's also uh, other things you can catch up on uh, all of Brandon's work, uh, et cetera. And uh, we're going to talk to him, obviously, uh, about this Lincoln Riley book. How much ECU is covered, you know, in this? uh, this? Because obviously Lincoln had a lot of responsibility as a young guy when he was the offensive coordinator here. Yeah, I mean, ECU's in there, I mean, pretty prominently there towards the middle. It's a good, uh, I actually just looked at about 50 pages or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, a good three, maybe four chapters, uh, just kind of covering his time here, what the town meant to him, and, uh, I mean, obviously what he and Ruffin meant to the town with what they did was pretty special here, the records they set in those five years. And, yeah, I mean, it was really, really cool to kind of revisit that because I was a grad student at ECU when he was here, and I I was in the stadium for, I mean, a number of those games, especially the 70-41 to win over Carolina and stuff like that. So, yeah, he he made an impression uh, when he was here for sure, and, yeah, it's definitely in there. Uh, We've got Brandon Sneed with us. Uh, Ruffin McNeil, full disclosure, while you did talk to Lincoln for the Bleacher Report article, when you came back to do the book, uh, he apparently, I don't want to say he wasn't cooperative, but he I kind of went back to what he, he said when you mentioned the book in passing. Yeah, no. He that was, he felt like it, 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 you know, wasn't, he wasn't old enough to have a book written about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, he was perfectly nice about it. I mean, nobody, yeah, he was, he was real polite about it and uh, all that. He just basically said, um, you know, he just, same thing, just didn't feel like, you know, he, he, even said today in a press conference, he just feels like he's got a long, long way to go before somebody needs to write a book about him. And, you know, I just, again, I just came back to, well, I mean, yeah, he's obviously, he's going to, there's a lot more he's going to accomplish and that's going to make for a great, really big, thick book one day that everybody's <laughs> going to buy a million copies of. But this one, uh, you know, it's just, I just, I just fell in love with the story, man. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not just about him being this great coach. It's, I mean, you look at where he came from. He's this kid from this tiny town in West Texas with a dream of being a quarterback and that, all goes to pieces when he gets himself hurt and he's got to put his life back together and learn how to heal and become a new kind of person. And he does it and it's hard to do. Uh, and like, I just, I loved that story. And, um, I just think a lot of other people would too. So that's just what kept me going with it. While there's a lot of football in the book, what you oh, just yeah. described right there is a, it's a human interest. Yeah, it, it, It's got all the things of, of the hero who has the downfall and then has yeah. to, to rebound. 
Oh yeah, that's I mean that that's what keeps me going in all this is I mean I just it's the human stuff. I mean the sports is great and it's fun. There's lots of fun sports stuff going on in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's the human element to it all. That's that's what captivates me. Um, that's what you know makes me want to learn everything about how football works because that that's all about how he's learning to become a coach as he's also learning to become a man and vice versa. I mean, cause he had to, he had to learn how to grow into being a coach. I mean, he was 19 years old when he got his first chance to be a college coach, basically. Yeah. That's, that's not easy to do. And, uh, he had to figure it out. Uh, we've got Brandon, uh, Sneed with us. Uh, the other uh, book, uh, head in the game, the mental engineering of the world's greatest athletes. But the book that is out today is, uh, sooner about Lincoln Riley. And uh, it's available, brandedsneed.com slash Sooner. You did talk to Ruffin McNeil. I did. And uh, we talked to Ruff earlier in the summer prior to the NC State uh, job. We're going to forgive Ruff for that because <laughs> we all got bills to pay. But, um, you know, I, I thought that was a very uh, – my comment, not, not to veer too far off no, topic here, but, you know, I, I, it was, Ruff was a lot different when I talked to him. So I imagine uh, – in, in a good way. So I imagine yeah. that this was an interesting conversation because he really loves Lincoln Riley. Oh yeah, he loves him to death. He's like, uh, they're like brothers. Uh, you know, that's that's the, that's how they both describe it. Is they're just they're like brothers. Uh, granted, they're a bit a bit far apart in age, but um, yeah. And I mean, Ruffin's been there since Lincoln was a walk on quarterback at Texas Tech. I mean, seeing him come up and all that, and so. Yeah, I, I imagine it wasn't easy for him to have to step away, but, uh, you know, you got to do what's best for you and your family and, and all that. And uh, he had nothing but great things to say about Lincoln and his time there, and I was really, really grateful to get taught to him. One, just rough and great, fun to right, talk yeah. to. He's, he's always fun to talk to. <laughs> uh, but then he, just, he had some great stories. He added a lot to the book, uh, kind of at the last minute, too. Uh, so I was really happy that worked out. The uh, book, uh, Sooner, The Making of a Football Coach, is by uh, Brandon Sneed, who uh, is from here in Greenville. It's about Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's rise from West Texas to the University of Oklahoma. And uh, it's, it's great for us to have Brandon on with us here, brandonsneed.com. Brandon's always uh, been great to come on the radio, uh, again, dating back to the just really wonderful Marvin Jarman piece and uh, all the work that he's done uh, over the years. When, um, when you're putting this together, obviously you talk to Ruffin, you, know, you talk to people who know Lincoln, and because it's not an adversarial sort of thing, he just feels like, I'm not old enough to have the book written about. Yeah. So that does maybe change your scope of research a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I ended up, you know, spending a lot of time. I mean, I talked to a lot of people around them, some of them off the record, just to kind of confirm some stuff, make sure I had the story right, and I was grateful for that. I talked to, I mean, a lot of people in his hometown, his high school coach. And then, I mean, I, I, I spent a lot of time. I mean, I've got, like, thousands of old archived uh, newspaper articles and old videos and radio interviews and stuff that I just dug up just digging through the internet and digging through old newspaper archives down in Lubbock and Muleshoe even and just going through all of those things and yeah I mean was, there was a lot already kind of out there and it was really just about piecing it together and kind of putting it in the context of what it meant and that human story of you know how he had to grow into who he is now. There's a lot of um, pressure in sports if you're a coach um college football especially but big 12 p5 oklahoma college football uh to be the head coach of that program no matter who you are yeah is you know it seems like it's never enough now he's had tremendous success uh there getting to the college football playoff all these uh times uh is any of that uh in the book but also maybe just you know, as you did your research to kind of find out how 
you know, he's obviously a hell of a competitor, but yeah. to, you know, to kind of to take all of that on, because I mean, you know, he's the CEO of a pretty big company yeah. in that state now. Yeah. Uh, to take all of that on has to be, uh, you know, a, quite a, a burden to bear, I would imagine, for 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 anybody, but a young guy like uh, him to to be your first yeah. head coaching job. Yeah, we uh, we did talk about that actually when I was interviewing him for the story a few years ago. And that is, there's a lot about that in the book. And to him, it's not pressure. He doesn't see it that way. One, I don't think anybody's ever going to be harder on him than he is on himself. Mm-hmm. No, even if it's millions of people, like nobody's going to know how much he cares or how much he thinks about this stuff. But two, I think the biggest thing um, is that he just the way that he put it was he doesn't see it as pressure because uh, pressure is kind of this fear of failure, right? It means oh yeah. if if I if I mess up, all these people are going to be disappointed or, or angry. And he doesn't think of it that way. He said he looks at it as it's it's something to go obtain. It's a goal to go chase down. It's a mountain to climb. It's it's something to achieve. Uh, so to him, it's just the next step in this line of opportunities he's chasing. You know, and so to him, it's not pressure. It's just here's the next opportunity. We're going to give it our best shot, and nothing's guaranteed. But we, you know, we think we're pretty good at this, and we got a good shot at it. And so I think that's a—it's a really simple shift of thinking, but it's really hard to do. But you know, some people like I guess like he does, he just comes more natural to him. When he uh, originally had the injury that kind of ended his football dreams, yeah. uh, in a sense. Um, not to give away too much that's in the book, but I mean, what was his? Um, kind of immediate mentality was he able to kind of move on from that pretty quickly or did he have to do like I'm sure a lot of athletes do that are in the same spot had to kind of deal with all the range of emotions before uh, before kind of moving on yeah no I mean after he heard it he was a sophomore in high school when he heard it he didn't even get like he needed surgery to fix it which he didn't even get until after the season he strapped it up and went and played defense for a season because that's <laughs> West Texas football <laughs> And then he still, dirt on it. I mean, no, like they had this like leather, almost straight jacket, like shoulder brace that they strapped his arm into. And he just went and played defense one armed for a season. It's insane. <laughs> um, and then uh, he had two good years there still as a quarterback. He just, he couldn't throw the ball as well, but he could still sling it out there. There's still some old high school footage of him. I mean, it just is this kind of sidearm awkward sort of way of throwing the ball but uh it just that just didn't fly at texas tech which right. is where he wanted to play and that's what mike leach had to sit him down and tell him after you know some time on the walk-on team said look you're obviously a bright guy you understand these things but you're not gonna be my quarterback and lincoln like argued with him and then he had to he said i'm gonna go think about it mike leach is like well i'm giving you you know in his mind he's like i'm giving this kid a heck of an opportunity and he's got to go think about it that's right. that's great <laughs> uh, so lincoln goes on this emotional drive down the side of west texas to horseshoe bay it's like a six-hour drive where his family has a vacation cabin basically on a lake and he goes and spends a weekend on a boat on a lake and like well, mulls it sound, over this doesn't sound too tough going to the lake to think about yeah this. i mean Good for Lincoln. i guess yeah, yeah <laughs> there's, there's worse ways to to cope with existential crisis but uh yeah no so he but he really did he had to wrestle with it and kind of come to terms with you know his playing career being over i mean every athlete's been there mm-hmm. um and so and he he said it's just he had to it was a time that he had to decide if he was ready to grow up and that's the decision he made uh the book is sooner it's about lincoln riley the making of a football coach lincoln riley's rise from west texas to the university of oklahoma uh through greenville of course and that's featured uh, prominently in the book Uh, brandon sneed who is from greenville uh is the uh, author of uh this book just out today i mean it literally uh hit uh everywhere today so we appreciate him taking a few minutes with us uh here in studio 
Uh, and uh, brandonsneed.com slash sooner is probably the the most direct way online to get it, but I guess everywhere that books yeah, are sold. Yeah, I mean, you just go look for it on Amazon. It's in Barnes & Noble, wherever you want to get it. You should be able to find it. Will you head out to Lincoln and uh, uh, you know do a little book tour out in Oklahoma? I, or I was I, going to until you know COVID descended upon all right. of us. And so now, I don't know. I feel a little weird about trying to ask a bunch of people to come to something right now. So but that gonna, was the plan originally. Yeah, yeah it the, was. We were going to try to figure out some stuff. But, I mean, this has been going on long enough now. We just ended up deciding, nah, you know, we'll just kind of wait it out. We might do something down the road. Might do something right. in Greenville at some point. Okay. Uh, but. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I did want to say, too, like, I mean, Greenville Greenville was big for Lincoln when he was here. I mean, the way people care about pirate football here, like, it gave him, like, a big-time environment sure, to, yeah. like, really feel what it was to, like, kind of, I mean, people in Greenville going to let you know how they feel about what you're doing, and that's a good <laughs> thing for a young football coach. So, yeah, I mean, it just he, he loved his time in Greenville, and I just I think that's important for you all to know. Is it, yeah. He, yeah, it was a good time for Well, him, that man. was obviously a lesson. Anything else that he kind of felt like he learned during his time at ECU, again, not to to spoil what's in the book no nah, i don't mind yeah it's uh he he just there was a second year here at ecu he talked a lot about um you know about he was just kind of being really intense and the, the games weren't going well guys were getting hurt and he was just getting really angry and frustrated and he had to learn you know that's not the way that he's meant to coach and it's not a way of coaching that really worked anymore in the, in the past that might have worked for football coaches but it just wasn't getting the results he was putting in a million hours a week that wasn't getting it done he's right. yelling at reporters on the phone that's not getting it done i remember you that yes. yeah yeah so <laughs> he was just a young guy finding his way and you know you kind of i've noticed that pattern with a lot of successful people they have a really kind of almost angry stage along the way where they're figuring stuff out and so that was his his came here in greenville and he figured it out, and then they went on, set all these records, and um, I mean, that's that's he wouldn't be where he is now if he didn't go through that here. Did you get a chance to talk to to Leach? Yeah, I talked to him a lot actually. Yeah, he called me like three in the morning, just random hours, <laughs> like uh, you know, it's, hey, Bubba, you got time? I'm like, yes, sir. If now, now's when you want to talk, I'll talk to you. Uh, yeah, I had a special like uh, ringtone, so I knew it was him right. to make sure could. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you might have to explain the three a.m. call. You know, if, <laughs> if, if, if you're getting one, at least if there's no yeah, one. yeah. Um, Boy, there's a book, Mike Leach. There's a, there's a book. He's already got a few out. He wrote himself. He's, yeah, he's, but he, yeah, he's got a few. Does he yeah. talk about calling reporters at three a.m.? No, I mean this. I is, don't think he does. Right. No. See, this. I don't is, know if this is privileged information. <laughs> be, what would know. you, you know, you kind of give us an idea of, of to a degree, what uh, you know, the Leach story when he sat down and talked to him. But what was the the thing you took away from Mike Leach as his impressions of of Lincoln Riley? I, I just think he, he saw a diamond in the rough and, um, and, and Leach was, uh, you know, I write about this some in the book. Leach was, you know, Lincoln coming from Yulshu, he could feel a little, um, you know, he was a bright guy with a lot of ideas, but you kind of feel out of place, I think. And Le- Leach, Leach is a guy who, no matter how out of place you might feel, he's going to make you, because Mike Leach is a man of his own. Like he's, he's just, <laughs> right. he's, he's nuts in the, the best and worst ways. And so... <laughs> You know, you're not going to be too far outside the box compared to Mike Leach. And so I think he really gave Lincoln a comfort zone to, like, really explore a lot of his ideas uh, as a coach, especially early on at a young age. And he just – and what Lincoln said he learned from him was just, you know, don't be afraid to try stuff, basically. You know, yeah. it's, if you got an idea and you think it'll work, go try it. You know, I think a lot of where college football is now and where college football uh, has started to creep in at the NFL, I mean, let's face yeah. it. A lot of what Lincoln Riley has done and does do is what NFL teams are doing now, which is why no, you hear is. Lincoln yeah, all the time. Yeah. He's going to be the next coach of the Cowboys or, or whoever. Yeah. Um, 
and a lot of that I think you know goes back to Leach and and uh, Ruff in a lot of ways because no, of, the, of yeah. what they instilled in him and the, and the freedom they gave him. Yeah, it does. I mean, Ruffin, especially when he was here at ECU again, I mean, Lincoln was going through that rough stretch and, and Ruffin said about it, I mean, you know, you can't, he just, he had to let him go through it. He didn't try to like yank him on a leash and tell him, hey, you got to tighten this up or tighten. He's like, he, he knew he knew he was a bright guy. He knew he'd figure it out. And he just, you know, I think that's one of the most important things that, uh, you know, somebody with some passion and a, a bit of talent can can have is somebody who's their their leader and their mentor, but who also just gives them the space to mess up, find their way. Because a lot of times you see people start messing up, you want to jump in and control everything and try to fix things. Right. And no, you got to let people fix stuff themselves. That's the only. But once they do, they're going to be better than ever. But you got to give them that chance, and that's what Ruffin saw. Brandon Sneed, uh, the book is uh, Sooner, The Making of a Football Coach. It's about Lincoln Riley. We do have some copies to give away, so uh, we'll open the lines and uh, give away uh, copies to the first couple of callers, uh, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. And, Ben, make sure we get their address so the publisher can uh, send them uh, copies of the book. And uh, you can go to brandonsneed.com uh, slash Sooner to order your copy, but we uh, have a couple of uh, free copies here to give you. And uh, if you can track Brandon down, I'm sure he'll autograph it for you. Oh, yeah, uh, sooner, uh, it's about Lincoln Riley. Fantastic book out today. Uh, Brandon, great to see you. You too. And yeah. uh, good luck with this, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. All great. right, back to wrap things up after this. This is where the Pirates play. 94.3 The Game, your home for the best ECU game day coverage in all of the Pirate Nation. Back to the show. It's all coming back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The uh, phones are still ringing. We've given away a couple of copies. Who got them, uh, Ben? Two Washington listeners. We got Chris Perry and Matt Hodges. Okay. Uh, guys, we're going to have the publisher mail you the book directly. Yep. Uh, and we may give away some more copies later in the week. Uh, so, Ben, email me that so I can forward that on to Brandon. For sure. I'm uh, ready to publisher. check out this book. Well, they sent you and I a digital copy, and I I've, awesome. I, I kind of scrolled through it a little bit last night on uh, my iPad. And uh, Brandon's not only a heck of a guy, but he's a hell of a writer. Oh, for sure. And uh, that I, this this what a great book. I, you know, we all want to get back to things like we know them, and hope we can't soon. This would be like if he's releasing this now, at the start of the college football season and the Big Twelve, and it's a normal year. He'd he'd be out in Oklahoma half the year because for, yeah for sure I mean big audience there for oh Lincoln enormous Ryan. of course enormous well yeah of course I kind of want that Mike Leach book now we need Le- to get him to write a Leach I book. need it I want conversations it, I want it with Mike three a.m. three a.m. conversations <laughs> I wonder what the ringtone he used for him that was, was. A, you know I didn't ask that question that's a good like question. Twilight Zone or something <laughs> you should have chimed in there Ben that's where you're supposed to see what's the ringtone um. Great to have him again. Uh, BrandonSneed.com slash Sooner, the book on Lincoln Riley. Uh, a couple of listeners in Washington picked up copies today. Guys, we'll get that out to you, and we'll see if we can get some more to give away later in the week. Uh, and uh, thanks to uh, Pirate Analysis's Daniel Shepard. Big news today that ECU did not return to the uh, practice field in some capacity to do a little bit of working out. Uh, we'll see what happens later in the week. Uh, All of that uh, we'll be keeping an eye on. Thanks to uh, Ben Byram and uh, intern uh, Ron, and we will uh, see you tomorrow, the hump day edition of the Patrick Johnson Show, right here.